you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. difficulty this morning getting your computer i think we need to upgrade your computer is what we need to do need to get you a Mac, some macintosh or something all right let me get myself situated here just a little bit i got things thrown all over the place right in front of me there we go all right good morning nathan how you doing good morning sir good how are you all right good so pretty excited about this one guys this is uh my main instructor here at the studio he's been with me for many years we'll let him talk about that for a second and uh if you guys don't know nathan carlin this is mr carlin we always speak about and uh we'll let him talk about what his background is his you know he's a dad now and you know about being married so why don't you introduce yourself nathan and and a little bit about where you besides working for me what else you do and uh mr nathan carlin uh good morning thank you uh it's really cool to be here actually a little strange being online and stuff but it's cool so i appreciate you having me on here first and foremost um yeah i mean i started martial arts probably when i was in in a fourth grade after school program and when that stopped uh you know i had temporary issues as a kid and not a lot of confidence and uh but a lot of anger and stuff and my dad after some fights my dad put his foot down and said we're putting him in martial arts and that's how i'm got into classes with you, sir, back at Rocky Peak. Uh, took my mom 20 years to say it was a good idea. I can say that now publicly. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, and so no, it's great family, great teachers all my life. I've just been very blessed with that, but I made a lot of bad choices. So I ended up in some places and it was martial arts that brought me out of that. Um, I currently, besides working for you and training wherever I can, whenever I can, I teach in the Los Angeles Community Colleges since 2004. Um, my loving and ever patient wife, Vanessa, we've been together since 2006. We got married in 2011 and, uh, we were blessed with a little girl in 2019. And that's just been amazing. I often joke with everybody else who has kids. I am just learning all the lessons you already know. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. (laughs) That's true. That's true. If you guys don't know, his daughter's name is Mo. Okay. And uh, well, we call her Mo. Um, well, how'd you come up with her name? Uh, that was actually Vanessa. Yeah, uh, it was. She was uh, named after the character in Peter Pan, Wendy Moira Darling. Uh, but uh, we were talking about names, and you know just the way life goes. I was at a point, you know, being in my forties, didn't think I was going to have kids at this point. And when that came up, and then found out the name actually meant fate or destiny, I was like, okay, sold. 
<laughs> that's how we, that's how she got her name and her middle name. She's actually, it's actually uh, named after my mother. Uh, so Moira Ellen Carlin. Yeah, that's, it's good. It was, it's great that, uh, you know, I remember how excited you were to become a dad, a little bit nervous, but I told you that it's going to be ups and downs, but it, having a little girl will do nothing. But, uh, first of all, it's going to change you as a man, number one. And, uh, it's just going to completely, uh, change your life and you're going to see this as she as she goes through her stages and uh i mean you should be celebrating no diapers here soon i would imagine uh yes yeah okay are, i mean that was a big <laughs> that was a big celebration for us you know what i mean and so uh you're coming down that down that path where you get to save some money and you can probably have starbucks again um, <laughs> that'll make me right. so happy and that's right and so uh it's it's amazing so you guys this is how we're streaming today. I said, that's, that's probably why you came down here today, because uh, to have a little peace and quiet then from home. But uh, he's actually in the other office. This is our other office today at the studio, and we're, we're live. Uh, we're together, but in separate offices together. So that's why you kind of see an office look behind you, behind him there. That's, that's where we're at today. So that's good, Nathan. I think that, uh, you know, I've watched you grow as a dad now, and uh, it's definitely changed uh, your, your dynamic for sure. And so let's talk about when, you know, you talk, uh, I'm looking forward to this because some people are going to get to learn some stuff for you because you're kind of a quiet dude. You're kind of like Michael that way. Michael's real quiet. You know what I mean? You guys have a same, similar demeanor, completely opposite of me. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, you will get a little bit upset, but, you know, it's definitely, uh, you, you have a little bit different demeanor. And so I, I tell everybody that you came to me. I started that Rocky Peak. People may not know this about you, but you got to kind of watch me come up the ranks, correct? You started with yes, me. Sir. I started in the church in, uh, I believe, right when I got my black belt. We almost started at the same, same time with Mr. Knight and my brother. It was 1987 is when I got my black belt. And I believe that I started that program right away about that time. And when did you come in? Uh, did you come in relatively quick there or I when did you started, come in? I started, you had, I can't recall exactly, but it was either right before or right after you did your second degree black belt test. That's when you came in. So you, I, mm -hmm. I had been there a couple of years. So you saw my, so you've yeah. got to witness, right? My, um, I, I don't think, I don't know if you were there for my second, but you were definitely there for when I went for third. Yep. And watching that. And then, of course, mm -hmm. the fourth degree. And and then you started mapping out uh, with me coming up the ranks. And I think was Bo higher or see what number black belt are you of mine? I, you I, I am number 16. Bo is uh, as far as when we got our black belts a year behind me. He was a year. So he's 29 and you were 16. Number yes, 16 sir. black belt. So you had me when I had no children. <laughs> and martial arts was a little bit tougher back then, and so were parents. I, I'm just going to be real, okay? Yep. Uh, parents back then expected me to make you do knuckle push-ups on the sidewalk, and <laughs> matter of fact, they encouraged it. You know what I'm saying? Today, it's like, I don't know if I want my kids to do competition because, it, it, I don't know, it might bring them down if they don't win. I'm like, wow, it's, it's such a, I mean, have you not seen that turnaround? Correct. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so let's, you know, there's so much to unpack about you. I'm trying to see uh, the best way to 
<laughs> to start, right? To 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 start. So I, it would probably be when you came to me, and then we'll get into where you kind of uh, how you got into the college and to teach martial arts, right? Mm-hmm. So you came to me when you were a young guy. I remember a lot of people won't won't really know this, but when you came to me, you were you know, not a lot of self-confidence. You kind of looked down when you, when you talked. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was probably intimidating back then as it was, were you, were your family going to Rocky Peak church at the time? How did you, how did it come to be find me? (laughs) Um, well, long story short, my parents were not happy at the church we were at. So we went on kind of a quest, if you will, looking for a bunch of different churches and we landed at Rocky Peak and I was I was a little kid, but I was old enough for my parents were leaving me home alone and stuff. And I, we, we was Rocky Peak's orientation and I did not want to go. And my sister, Sarah, who is just an absolute godsend, she cried and cried until I gave in. And so I went and ended up most of the time loving it. I met, actually met your brother before I met you um, in the youth groups. And we heard about this karate program. I had done the after school programs and just, you know, it's an odd thing, but the, you know, it's the grace of God. Martial arts has always been around my, around me, whether it was my next door neighbors, whether it was the people I've met, whether it's through you, it's just a strange thing. And so we found out about the program that way. And I had gotten in some fights at school. Some is kind of an understatement, but, um, and my dad put his foot down and said, we need to find a way to control his temper. And I'm putting him in the martial arts. And my, there was a big fight. My dad put his foot down. And that's when he brought me to watch a class. And we met. I remember meeting you. And I, it was a weird thing. I was intimidated like I was by everybody older than me at that time. Just, I was, I'll be honest, I, I was a scared kid with a, with a temper. And that's what caused me to lash out all the time. And, but I just remember feeling so welcome when I met you. You know, and I know that's one of your gifts is just being so good with kids as long as I've known you. And I got to, you know, you invited us to watch a class. You were teaching advanced class. And you were, I remember in that upstairs building at the church where everything yep. echoed, you were teaching hip throws. And it sounded like <laughs> thunder as people were hitting the ground. And just I, I looked at my dad and said, can I do this, please? And that Saturday was my first class. You had me with Jeremiah Reese for half the class. Because you said, well, he's already done something. See where he knows. And did that. And then I was with the rest class. And I remember at the end of the class, because of that, I was the, you, and it was like, wow. It, to me, as a kid, I still remember this day more than, I remember this day in some ways better than my first degree black belt day. Uh, because it was just one of those where I can look back as an adult and see how the confidence started to build through the martial arts was I was the first student you never made wait to get their white belt. Ah. Uh- uh, you know, it's 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 always amazing how how what you guys remember, you know, and I I look back and, and when you say I have a gift to teach kids, you know, I had no idea I had that gift. I didn't want to do that. I don't, I, I've, I've told this story before. I didn't want to teach kids. Kids were thrown at me uh, because there was nobody that would teach them at the church. And so I remember that vividly. And I'm like, man, I don't want to do that. I just want to work with the adults. I want to fight. I want to show them how to throw people. And then it just didn't happen. And I kind of felt bad, you know, I was feeling bad about it. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'll take it on. I'll, I'll take it on and I'll see. And I just, I don't know, maybe because I, I'm just, 
I, I think the thing about children, I mean, you've been teaching with me now for a long time, is they're so accepting over adults. You know what I mean? And you almost feel more comfortable in a room full of kids than I ever did in a room full of adults, even me today. You know, uh, they're real. Uh, they'll they'll talk about real stuff, even though they're young. And it was just, you know, they're more accepting. That's why I always I've always kind of looked at things like uh, whether it's racism or whatever, whatever that looks or bullying or whatever. Usually somewhere that is kind of taught because for me, most of the time, children just want to have a good time. They want to roll around. They want to play tag and, and stuff like that. It's not a, a, a thing like that. And I just, I don't know, I just kind of took to it. And luckily for me, I did. I just, you know, and you, I remember you being part of that. I remember you coming up there. All you guys that have been around me for a long time. And and see, so everybody that's listening goes, oh, Mr. Cox was teaching hip throws. You got to watch me in my prime. Mm-hmm. You know, and... uh so you get to always have those stories about me, even to my own son, because I've kind of re- there was a time when Michael was coming up the ranks. I kind of released him to you and said, mm-hmm. hey, listen, I want you to kind of take him under your wings. And uh, so he has somebody a little bit more to follow than just me. You know what I mean? And, and, and Michael's and, taking that into his own world, too. Nowadays, kids. amazing. Yes. Right. Yeah. He Yeah, he has. And so. And this is where we started. We started up at the church. It, it was a it was a hardcore program because there wasn't really money to be made. So mm-hmm. here's the thing: uh, back then, right, it wasn't a business. It was it was a privilege to be able to train up there. And if you didn't pull your weight, it, it didn't bother me if you're just going to up and leave if if that's what you're going to do. But you know, I was kind of a little more hardcore back then, and I remember you 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 being there back in the time. One thing I, I do know too, your, your dad's a lot like mine where he took pictures and video of everything we ever did. Mm-hmm. And it would be great to try and find a lower ranking picture of you back in the day, whether I was giving you a purple belt or something to that effect when you were a kid. Um, I, I, I know I have some of those somewhere that was before my dad got the video camera. So there's photos everywhere. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. I'm sure that yeah. there's photos. You're a lot like me that way. I've got, I've mm-hmm. got bushels full of photos yeah. and, uh, that's one thing you and I should just do one time is just, you know, they got these things out now that you can just, you feed these, these, these things through and they, and they automatically go in the SD card and, you know, we could really probably, reminisce about what that looked like back in the day for sure oh yeah there's so much and just some of the people and the stories around those people who've come and gone and yeah (laughs) right so so we were up there so you got me at second degree so i Mm -hmm. I don't know nathan i think that so from there people don't know we kind of branched out to um to chatsworth karate on the corner of of desoto and lassen I was an orange belt when you did that. And I, I, another thing I remember, I was in class with Ken Knight and you showed up and you were talking about it and class is over and you walk and I'm walking by, say goodbye to you. You say, so are you coming with me or are you staying at the church? And I just, no hesitation. I said, I'm coming with you, sir. And yeah. yeah. So we opened that, right? I, I, I made the decision that the, the program was getting way bigger than, than the church really wanted at the time because, the kids program especially was just growing and it was huge. so 
I decided that I wanted to branch down, and when I spoke to Ken Knight about it, he said, well, let's do it. We'll keep the ministry up here for those that can't afford it and those that want to go down. Uh, and you were one of the families that went with me uh, from Rocky mm-hmm. Peak Church. So you were you were there. I, I, in my head, it's October 1990 is when we opened, I believe. Now, it, sometimes I say 90. It could be 91, but in my head— Maybe the idea started in ninety and ninety one. I I have to really look back at paperwork, right? But <laughs> Go we back uh, at old photos, right? So we came down and we and and you came down with me. You were an orange belt, and I would imagine by the time you're blue belt, uh, I'm probably having you start helping me with classes already. I was kind of my mo classes at at blue belt. Yep, I was teaching. I remember some people. I remember teaching a class when. Uh, people kicked the mirror and shattered it and being like, Oh, what do I do? Mr. Cox? (laughs) (laughs) I remember. Yeah. I remember mirrors getting shattered over there. That's why I don't have them here. The only reason we have mirrors here is because they're way off the mat. If they were on the mat at all, I wouldn't have them. But, um, so, uh, we, now we're together here and I remember you're getting ready for high school. Then now, Nathan, you went to El Camino, correct? Yes, sir. And I believe that you were on the wrestling team there also, correct? You did mm-hmm. some wrestling. Yep. And, you know, unfortunately for me, I don't think I went to any of your matches. I just wasn't uh, engaged enough for that, I guess, when I look back on things. Or I just, it wasn't a real thought process in my head uh, what wrestling could do for you. But that skill set certainly uh, helped you in your martial arts realm because it was still something physical and as for those of you that you don't know about Nathan, this is how he dressed back in the day when he was going to high school. He would be have long trench coats, so you never know what weapons he has on him walking around. And he'd have a long black trench coat and and uh, and these boots on. And if it was back in my days, back in the eighties, you would be considered one of the mods back then is what it was called in the eighties. <laughs> so anybody listening in the eighties, you remember we had those mods and, and stuff like that. But I think you were even starting to do security towards your senior year, I believe. Correct. Yeah. That was a strange experience starting that. Um, yeah. So it was friend, friend Damon. He was talking, his dad was big in music industry. We thought didn't really know, but his dad wanted to put on this thing called Spring Days, and he approaches um, Eric Vigoro and I as teenagers about doing security for it. And so we end up doing it, and it's basically just some dude trying to relive the 60s is what it was. But it was a lot of fun. But there were some interesting situations, especially as people were under the influence in the middle of the night. And um, I just found out I was good at it with working with people and you know, and then other things with people if I had to. And so shortly, you know, after high school, I <laughs> part of what got into is I have um, I, I deal with essential tremors, everything. I deal with essential tremors. Back then, nobody knew what it was. It was just neurological tremors. Um, and it kept me from being allowed to do whatever I would have wanted to do had I enlisted. And that's what I was trying to do. I was actually at the at the, the, the office and one of the guys from MEPS who I hadn't done any paperwork, but he's looking at my hands and he's asking me questions. And I just remember he said, son, they're never going to let you do anything you want to do in the military. And so I said, forget it. And so I went back to school because I didn't know what else to do and ended up doing security work on and off. And then it tapered off. But that's kind of how I got into a lot of further bad choices, if you will. 
And so I did that. I did security work until I was 24, 25, uh, as far as like actually in places and other security work until I was 28 years old. Yeah, I I remember those days, Nathan, the, the things and I agree with you 100 percent that uh, um, that when I did security, too, we, we put ourselves into positions that really wasn't the best um, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? We were we're in an element that we probably shouldn't have been anyway. But that is what it is. I guess we could practice our martial arts back then. Uh, I, I certainly <laughs> yeah. did. And, yeah. you know, I, can, I, can I say before cameras? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Well, yeah. Thank goodness we didn't grow up with cameras and uh, and, and all this kind of stuff, uh, you know, like we do. But yeah. so I remember now, you know, we still I, I remember most, Nathan, when you were in getting ready for graduation high school and. Did you go right away to college or no? Um, I did. Uh, and it was, you know, like I said, I've just been blessed with amazing teachers, amazing coaches my whole life through no work of my own. Just I, I have to say God put them there, you know, uh, you know, starting with my parents, doing the absolute best they ever could for me. My grandparents, yourself. When I got into high school, um, Coach Terry Fisher, he was the wrestling coach. He was the choir director. He was a home ec teacher. He was a math teacher. And he's the one, him and some friends and yourself are the ones who really got me through high school. I had planned just, I'm going to do my GED and enlist. But then when that all came to an end, so I went straight into college. And just, it was honestly because I didn't know what else to do. Uh, that was, I was one of those kids who I see nowadays who they're there trying to figure it out still. And so those that don't know, it took you quite a bit. I mean, you were in... You uh, definitely uh, the word of perseverance comes to mind when you talk about your college, uh, because it took you a long, long time. Correct. To most people in college, as long as I was, are called doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It, It. I remember you saying, hey, I had to change this or I had to change that. I think you went from Pierce right to. Mm -hmm. To CSUN, is it what you did, correct? Yes, correct. And and so let's talk about your martial arts a little bit, okay? Because you're with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're in my top 20 of, of, of black belts. You know all those guys back in those days are super hardcore type dudes, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, we fought hard. Uh, we played hard. We demoed hard. Yes, and you were with me when I competed a lot, you know, and then you went on competitions with us, right? You know what I mean? There's times that you drove with me to uh, Las Vegas and, and uh, Arizona and, I don't know, we went to Texas together. And did, did we all fly to Texas? Is that what we did? We didn't drive, did we? No, we, no, we didn't drive. No, I was never on a plane with you. Yeah, there was a lot of driving, though. And my dad. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I definitely remember Arizona and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is why I tell people. I mean, we we were competing so much back in the day. You, uh, myself, you and Bo, and making weapons in uh, and selling weapons and in making the them in rooms. the hotel rooms and stuff like that. So, you yeah. know, that's that's always been something. But the so when you when you got to 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 me, you were always kind of kind of like I was, right? You're always kind of experimenting outside of what we did. Mm-hmm. And I was always the instructor that, 
you know, you were super loyal to the school. So I never really had an issue with it when you're out doing your thing. Right. And you would bring stuff back. So let's talk about, I mean, you remember in my school, we're very self-defense oriented. I know you remember when we had Robert Bussey come in. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was a turning point for us as far as self-defense. I mean, Mm -hmm. he was way before his time that, I mean, people just thought he was crazy. Right. (laughs) But when you look back at what his self-defense was back then, he was a definitely uh, a man before his time. Um, you know, before Krav Maga really kind of took off. So you you remember us. We were doing classes with him on top of it, using mm-hmm. the half-staff, which was my favorite weapon back I in the day. I still have and the half-staff I got from him years ago. I still you have RB, it. Yeah, the RBWI uh, yep. half-staff, yes. Yeah, and so, you know, we did that together. Bo was there with us, and we did all that together. When did... Well, let's talk about... Your other martial arts, because you did martial arts in Pierce, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, it's that's how I ended up as a teacher in the community colleges. It was um, I had enrolled in the in just on a lark, the because some other friends were taking it, not related to the studio, and you know they were some of the friends I got in trouble with all the time. So I'm like, ah, this should be fun. It was a self defense class with a gentleman named Bernie Wiseman, and he unfortunately died. I, I feel bad. I can't recall of a stroke or a heart attack the day before the class starts. And so they canceled it. The next semester, Shannon Reese and Elizabeth Kelly, old black belts. Um, I don't remember Shan- Elizabeth's number, but Shannon was number 15. Her and I tested for black belt together, actually. Um, they, they were, I'm like, I don't really want to do it. But they kept bugging me like, no, you got to take the class. You got to take the class with us. And so I said, OK. And I ended up taking the class. And it was a gentleman, um, Shion Dean Picard. He was a philosophy teacher. I mean, by far one of the most intelligent thinkers I've ever met, especially in the academic sense, but just the analytical sense. He was also the founder of the United States Karate League, um, a traditional Japanese karate organization. And I ended up training there. And, and it, it it was very similar as far as the hard style karate that you had brought me up with. And so I fell in love with it. And it was his version of Shotokan Shorinru. And I ended up training with him pretty much my entire time at Pierce and even after I left Pierce when I was at CSUN and I earned ranking under him as well and when he was getting ready to retire he walked me into the dean's office and said this is Nathan he has the credentials he's taking my spot and that's how I got hired to teach karate at Pierce College but it was purely because uh, Shannon and Elizabeth who I was friends with we'd hang out they badgered me into it. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, yeah, that's a great story because this is where you're at today, right? You're still now teaching martial arts, health, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, yep. there might be, you know, we'll 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 speak on something else in just a second. But I want to get before I get to that. You got a, I think there was a the one that you took over from was he a Shotokan? Did you get your black belt from him also? Yes, sir. Right, he mm-hmm. tested you out. Yes. And uh, I didn't you know, know he was testing me out. I just went out with him to their Upland Dojo one day to train and like I had done before. And it, at the end, it was a lot of stuff. And he had me perform. And I'm like, what's going on here, sir? And he said, just do it. And I get up there and he presented me with a ranking under him. Right. Old school type testing. Right. And I think then so you guys know that then afterwards, you know, I've you were with me and Bo when we got black belts and Hapkido under Farbors. Yes, sir. And I think, you know, I kept telling you, I said, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. 
Mm-hmm. And what year did you end up doing that, getting your black belt there also? Oh, I sh- something I should know, but I don't remember. I want to say... Were we out of oh, the 90s oh, or maybe. not? Oh, yeah. It was, It was. I want to say 2008, but I really can't remember for sure. So that it was probably why, because it was a few years afterwards that we while. wanted you to do, right? And then mm-hmm. you did the test. People may not know this either, you guys, when, when Mr. Carlin did this, and Mr. Farbors was just taken back by your cane form and and everything else right in that test and it was uh you know that was a testament to your your skill level back then and then you got your your black belt and I you know we talked about hey I want you to do this because I want to add this into black belt curriculum so those that Mm -hmm. don't know that you know it was you I and Bo that would sit and make curriculum for chats with karate i mean you've seen me go through the gamut is anybody that knows me like you do right we'll do something you probably look at me half the time and go yeah this will change in about six months and uh and so you know i mean do you remember back in the day where we had so much curriculum we didn't even know what Mm -hmm. we i we had so much to do that we couldn't get good at anything and then so here we are you know 30 something years later and our most of the time we're like less is more man less yeah. is more you know we thought that we had to have all this big to do as far as <laughs> curriculum goes and have 10 million things to to learn and i don't know why we didn't learn our lesson because when we did traditional hop keto i mean steve sexton used to work out and have classes inside my school yeah i right? remember a lot of and, taking class with him and phil man, a lot he, of times Oh, man, he had some talented guys, too. But you remember traditional hop keto. I don't know, 210 techniques or something, mm-hmm. you know, crazy that, yeah, you know, lapel one through seven, uh, wrist one through seven, and da da da. And then at higher ranks, you have to, you know, everything has a reversal, and it's just, and then by the time it's all said and done, what do we use? About half a dozen of those techniques, right? Mm-hmm. This is what, this is just where we, where it was, and, and, Today, we fast forward, us always being a self-defense school, but, you know, we, I was never known for my forms by any means, but I was known for my tenacity and my power, you know, and I guess that's what, then you guys came along and always been a testament to, uh, you know, it's always a testament. You guys have always made me look like a probably a better instructor than I really was, but just because of just your your you guys, it was so easy to work with you guys because you had such natural talent. You know what I mean? And and then we were able to, I, 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 to kind of. I don't think on. it was. I don't think it was so much talent. I think it was you always said I expected more. You cared, and we knew you always were looking out for the best for us. So you said you said here's the bar, and we said yes, sir. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, you, you def, I mean, I was super hardcore back then. I mean, I just, in my head, I remember it, but I, I, it was so normal for me that I don't re- really, when I hear the stories, I'm like, damn, did I do that? Oh my gosh. Um, but then again, people think I'm hardcore today. Can you imagine if you heard, I mean, you've heard some of the moms talk to me right in there and I'm like, you have and no sometimes idea. I just walk away and smile because it's like you guys have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, 
I don't know, Nathan. I mean, where do you think... When did having respect and saying yes, sir, and no, sir, or yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, when, when did that become obsolete? I mean, I can't, for the life of me, understand that when you come into the studio, part of the protocol is put your stuff away. It's not mm-hmm. mommy put your stuff away. It's you put your stuff away. And to teach that personal responsibility, uh, do you feel that you've seen a change in the last 10 years of what parents were 10 years ago and what some of them are today. It's absolutely. It's, uh, and I don't just, I don't just see it with parents. I see with students because I've been teaching in the community colleges for two, since 2004, you know, seeing the shift in how people are just even as young adults. And so obviously I, well, I say, obviously I can't, I sh- maybe I shouldn't, but, the upbringing and just the level of respect and the level of entitlement among people changing and they all want to do well but it's that respect that's missing and yet with parents and kids seeing them not allow them to fail not allow them to learn those powerful lessons you know um, i was telling we were just talking the other day and i told you out of all the wrestling tournaments that i was in i and i probably literally did hundreds of them and medals i lost more matches than i won um, you know, through some of my issues, I, I, I threw away the city championship my senior year, but that's, and that's the only medal I still have is from that city championship that I threw it away because that was one, a big lesson and learning. I, you know, I don't think people get to learn from those things anymore. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think we, we've, we've agreed on this subject for, for a while now, and it's super frustrating to me that. You know, I can't say that about all my parents here. Just so, so I, I want to make that clear. I want to make that mm-hmm. crystal clear. Most time that I would say, most of the time when, when parents are bringing them to a martial arts school, you know, those that are coming just to have fun and it's a season like t-ball t- and 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 uh, and volleyball for a season, then then you got parents that are like, hey man, this lesson is going to be learned and you're going to stick through it. If you say you're going to do what you're going to do, then, then, then stick through it and do, and do what mm-hmm. you say you're going to do. I mean, it, 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 and that's what I don't see as much nowadays. Right. It's, well, I want him to make his own mind up and, and, and I don't want him to resent me. What, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? You know what I mean? I've yet well, to see anybody that was continued on as a black belt and the parents make it happen that they came back and, you know what, mom, I'm really ticked off that you made me get a black belt. I've yet to see it. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's and, like anyone who says, I don't believe in belts. And then they get one and you say, okay, you want to give it back now? Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 That's the other, that's the other ones. People that don't believe in belts, you know, are usually the ones that don't, don't want to go through the process of getting one. You know what I mean? So it's a cop out is usually is what it is, but uh, yeah, that's a hundred percent. So, so let's, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, we had a student named Heidi, right? Mm-hmm. And sure. I remember that you were, you were struggling with, uh, alcohol at one point. Mm-hmm. And, and I've told, I've sent many people to you down the mm-hmm. roads and say, listen to me, you, because they're all shocked. First of all, they're like, what do you mean? And I said, you go talk to Nathan Carlin. And ask him if he, if, if, you know, the problem is Nathan today, right? Is everybody's so worried about what people are going to think about their past because you get so put on blast now 
that you're canceled if you did anything of any any wrong. If you said the wrong thing 25 years, it, it's like for people not to think, and then you get a lot of young people that think that this is just how you are. And they're not even of age yet to go, man, yeah. when I look back at myself then, wow, some of the stuff or that I thought or how I felt or whatever mm-hmm. uh, isn't right. And yeah. it's like you're not allowed to fail. You're not allowed to make mistakes. And then usually the ones that are canceling you or trying to cancel you or doing whatever you're doing, instead of there being a forgiveness and a growth and say, Wow, because really, when you talk to most successful people, when you hear their past, they're just like, wow. And everybody that tries to cancel cancel you or do whatever it is, they probably have a past too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 well, like it's, this. So it's the line: "There's no saints without uh, without a past." <laughs> right, you're right. There is no saints without a past. I mean, can you imagine the cancel culture for for Paul in the Bible? who was a Christian killer, right? You know what I mean? The, I mean, the ultimate killer. And, uh, you know, and God changed him uh, on a path, right? So, you know, I, let's speak about that because, you know, you and I had to have a heart-to-heart, and I said, hey, man. And uh, and I think it was Heidi that's the one that helped you uh, at Rocky Absolutely. Peak. Absolutely. So let, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, well, I mentioned I was scared all the time as a kid, even getting training and growing up, I was faking it a lot. I burned a lot of bridges young because I just, I was scared all the time. So I'd make up stuff. I'd, I'd run from people. I mean, even today I am, if anybody hears this, they're going to, who knows me, I am the king of staying out of contact, even with people I love. Um, just, <laughs> and, and I hate it, but it is, you know, anyway, um, I started drinking pretty heavily in high school. Um, I mentioned I threw away that city championship that would have taken me to state and got me a scholarship to to UNLV uh, because I got drunk and so and I was hungover and I lost that tournament. Um, and I had people after high school who were telling me they were worried about me, including some people who were pretty heavy into drugs themselves, telling me they were worried about me. <laughs> so that tells you something. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the choices I was making were not good ones, you know. But I was able to hide it. I was just like that. So even the place I was working, the things I was doing, I hid it from everybody. There was only a few people around me who knew what was going on. And sometimes they were just as bad. And then you mentioned Heidi Phillips. We uh, dated for a while, but decided it was mm, too, the, the, the line in uh, NAAA is two sickies don't make a welly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, <laughs> that's, that's an awesome line right there. Yeah. And it was just, it, it, and it just was weird because we were such close friends that it was weird. But because of that, we had a different communication level and we were hanging out even more and more. And we're sitting there. This is, uh, she was already, I can't remember if she was engaged yet or already married. We were sitting outside Rocky Peak Church and just talking. And I had had a really rough, rough week. Um, some bad stuff went down. And I, she says, we need to go see Mr. Cox. And I just remember looking at her going, what the, sorry, I don't want to curse on your show, but what are you talking about? And she said, no, you need to, you need accountability in your life again. And so we came to the studio. It was probably like around midnight. She called you and you came down and you're like, well, what's going on? And we had a long talk. We were there probably till like two in the morning talking. And I can say that was the moment that started to turn my life around as far as that stuff goes. 
And it I was remember because, that. Yeah, you know, it was Heidi Phillips dragging me in there, and she had been on me about this for for a little while. And finally, she just said, "You're doing it." And she was one of the few people in my life at that time who could say that to me, and I would listen to. Um, yeah, that's uh, it, right. And the ironic thing mm-hmm. is, is we lost Heidi Phillips a couple years ago to a drug overdose. Right? Yeah. It's for somebody that would help. She'd help the world, and we couldn't we we couldn't help her. I mean, you and I were kind of close to her because of mm-hmm. the past of what she did. She's a perfect example of somebody that couldn't get past their past, yeah. and you know it would be thrown in her face constantly, and mm-hmm. it's which is a sad thing for sure. But mm-hmm. I remember the conversation, uh, you guys, and if you haven't been with Nathan, I mean, this is when we, when I say this is some real talk, some real talk. I remember having to have the conversation, saying you're going to have to have accountability to me because if you don't do this you're not teaching for me and, it and was i remember bad. having that yeah it was you're not going to be allowed at the studio yeah and <laughs> and so i remember that was a hard conversation and i'm like oh man and uh but you turned it around i don't know that mm-hmm. something happened there and you put it down and and it, it wasn't such a crutch after a while uh, after you know, Rocky Peak had a recovery program, and believe it or not, if people don't know this, I was actually Sage Mom involved in that at that time too, or not? Um, that's actually she wasn't. It was a woman named Darlene Bowman who was the main. I, person I remember. That yeah, I, I remember Darlene Bowman. Yes, and she, she was awesome. Her kid actually trained at the studio for a while, and is like after I had not been going to that program anymore. Several years later, she brings her son in, and we're both like, "Hey, it was actually uh-huh. cool." But I did. I actually met Ashley's mom there once. I once or twice, if I recall, before I met Ashley. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. It's just something you know. If 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 anybody that knows the history of Chatsworth Karate and and just so everybody knows, hey, listen, I had a checkered past, man. I was no I was no choir boy. Okay, I wasn't my brother. I can tell you that for a fact. And. You know, I think I had these conversations with you. I was the guy that was buying the high schoolers booze. Okay, I mean, that was what I did. Uh, You know, Brian Nan and stuff. I'm about five or six years older than those guys. And so we were had a really tight bond, but we were doing high school parties and I'm buying the kegs for them. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like uh, I come from this, um, you know, this 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 past that you know this that didn't have you know i was i was a lot like you guys man fights all the time and and matter of fact i like to fight see that's the problem and you did too okay and that's that's the issue is i liked it i enjoyed it it felt there was a uh you, you, you being bullied i'm like man i'll show you what's up you know and i and i still mm-hmm. tend today at 60 years old for that to fester because there's sometimes i'd like to just you know, unleash yeah. the beast. That, and, that, that you know, this is, is in the back of the head. That's right. I mean, it's this is where martial arts is is a constant and never ending improvement of your mindset, man. It isn't about punch. I mean, teaching somebody how to punch and kick is not as that's not hard. Teaching them not to use it. That's <laughs> hard. OK, that's what's hard in martial arts. Right. And so. Uh, I wanted to talk about that because I know that that, you know, we didn't even talk about this for a long time. You know, you and I, we never we never brought it out or or anything else. But now being an older man like you are now and with daughters and stuff like that, you've been able to 
do something that I cannot do, which is talk about a substance abuse and, and how you kicked it and, and that you have a, an understanding for it. So when you see where we're at, we're Rocky Peak, and then I get this place on, on a whim, right? Mm-hmm. I get Lassen and DeSoto. The only way I got it through the story is I had trucks stolen, my pool trucks stolen, and I got more money from insurance company than what they're worth. And I just saved the money and enough for you, I, and a couple other guys to go looking for old carpet padding and open up this school (laughs) on bare bones, right? And then it just, and it is what it is. And then we come here, and I'm still doing ministry up there. So God's been in this thing ever since it was born, right? And then we come to this location in 99, and we helped start Freedom Church from here. You know, and we've just been a beacon of light ever since. And it's not been without, without, you know, just every once in a while, we just get hit with a lot of stuff. Right. And so it's a testament to you that you've come past that and you've been able to help a lot of other people with these issues, just like, um, you know, uh, Bo had his, his, uh, his thing, uh, as far as, helping others with in, in bad families, right? Uh, mother and father issues. And mm-hmm. you'll get me in now at this age on, on how to help with, you know, really divorces and what it's like to be a single dad. Because to be honest with you, it, is it hard? It was hard, but I kind of enjoyed being a single dad. And I've got to give you all the lessons now of, hey, man, you know, even in marriage is hard, man. Stick to it. If you got somebody that that you can stick through, man, that stick through the marriages, and we've had we've got to have those conversations, which has been mm-hmm. awesome. So yeah. to watch you guys grow up to be the men that you are, including my own sons, it this this has been nothing but a blessing. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I remember praying for a long time when I was a single dad. That uh, you know, God, let me get all my children to eighteen years old, please. Okay, let me be around for this. Now I'm like, can you wait? Can you stick me around until they're like fifty to make sure that uh, <laughs> you know they're good? And uh, and so uh, it's you know that's that's where it was. So you know, we talk a little bit about this, and then you you branch yourself out a little bit. Okay, now now we're in the school. There's come a time that you've done this and you you've become a, a more of one of the chief instructors here. And isn't it funny how it was really a Tong Sado is where we started, but now you're more the chief instructor in the, in the crop program. Yeah. Right. And uh, how you know how things change because we've got so many black belts now that can take that on. Uh, and, that, my, and Michael's taking that role and he's doing yeah. amazing with it. And Ashley with the little dragons. and Yeah. yeah. So we've just got this awesome core. And mm-hmm. so let's talk about the Dog Brothers. I mean, people, this is the other thing that when I say that we have a school with a very diverse skill set, uh, and, you, and you're one of them that has this, right? You brought this Dog Brothers into the, into the realm. I mean, for all purposes, right? Without you doing it, it would not be around. Okay? Ashley wouldn't be doing it. Nobody would be doing it. And so let's talk about the Dog Brothers and what made you guys go. Because if you guys don't know this martial arts, this is knife on knife, stick on stick. This is real fighting, two minutes. The only rule is, you know, you, you know, you have to wear a fencing mask so you don't get a stick across your noggin. And you still get stitches in your face, even though you're wearing a mask. But 
where did this come along and why did you why did you start this um well i first heard about the dog brothers long before i was involved in them they ha- they hold their gatherings which are full contact stick you know training night fights fights and it's uh, something that was started by uh mark crafty dog denny um arlen sanford and eric noss uh and just trying to see if this Filipino martial arts worked and essentially, and the, the motto is higher consciousness through harder contact. Um, and crafty dog, he's the one who has really kept it alive and kept it going and inspired so many people to do it. I met him at a gathering, uh, years ago when they were being held at the raw gym, uh, just, uh, someone told me about it. I had seen them in magazines like black belt magazine, things like that. And I'm like, Oh, interesting. I just thought it was another Filipino martial arts group. I had already done Filipino martial arts with some guys, over the years and was part of or different organizations. And, but then I went and saw one and I'm like, Whoa, my initial thoughts, that was it. I was just <laughs> blown away. Cause I'm like, all right, these are guys testing it in this laboratory, see what actually works. See what, you know, what's the myths behind it. You know, there's all sorts of martial arts world that make me laugh, but with the Filipino martial arts and this, and so that's going on. And then, Guru Crafty, he starts his website up and it starts to build. There's a forum, a membership association. I joined it. I was joined in on that. And the forum's amazing stuff out there with it. And then he puts it out one day that he's going to start a training group. And I can't recall if this was 2007 or 2008. And I sent him a message saying, hey, is this only for members or is this something open to the public? And he said, and he responds, send me your bio. And so I did. And he said, welcome. And that's how I started training with him, because I was very intrigued by the whole idea of a higher consciousness through harder contact. But seeing the material that he was starting to put out through his DVDs, through his seminars, um, <clears throat> there is an aspect of it. It's not just stick and knife fighting. There's also what we call die less often. And it's the self-defense side of it. And it's a very, very realistic approach to self-defense that fit with what we what was going on with how things were shifting because of Krav Maga. And, you know, even with Tung Sado, I mean, let's be honest, you, you never held the traditional view of the art side of it. And I never did either. I just enjoyed it. But so I saw that and I joined his training group. We were at a boxing works out in her, on PCH and just got along really well with him and found he was just he, he's a teacher's teacher. Um, and the way he was growing this and developing a curriculum for Dog Brother Martial Arts, which is separate from Dog Brothers. The Dog Brothers are the people who fight. It's this tribe of people who've been accepted. They've fought multiple times. We know each other. Most of us are pretty close. Um, When we see each other, we love cutting up, and we love smashing on each other. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, and then the Dog Brother Martial Arts, I was training in him with this, with the stick stick and knife work, with the the, what we call call it, which is the empty hand work um, and specifically what I love you know, the most as much as I love all that and Crafty's teaching and his friendship and some of his mentorship in this stuff was uh, the DLO and that's what kept me coming back to it and it turned into something as things do you know you, you stay with it long enough and just the different art start to, the aspects of it start to become a part of you you know it's I always joke there's a lot of things in the martial arts the only trick is sticking around long enough to figure it out <laughs> right um, yes that's true and so just over the years, getting close with him, training privately with him, you know, training at his house with him, training at multiple different locations. And then eventually, um, before he left California, he was teaching a regular class at Chatsworth, bringing him over here. And that was just incredibly special to be able to do that and have him here. And he still teaches online. Um, and I, I just something about it, both his attitude, the attitude of the Dog Brothers, that idea of higher consciousness, harder contact made sense to me. 
um, just learning things under pressure that stay longer and just all the things that went through it was very realistic as much as there was an art side to it a lot of it was okay yeah there's an art side but the art is what happened when you know how to get there you know you understand the realities behind it uh, this is I, I say this all the time and it's something i got from puma crafty is primal realities first let's you know it's and it felt very in line with in krav how it's deal you know deal with the immediate danger first right and yep. so they they linked up very well in this regard that's that's right i and I've got to, uh, you know, uh, I've got to go watch you uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, mature through this thing. I've gone to your gatherings when you're fighting and and watch and, and get some pictures. And it's always been, an, you know, it's something. I mean, you guys just did something out in North Hollywood. I came out and watched mm-hmm. that for a while. And now you've got all these guys that are, you know, for all purposes, probably, Nathan, you probably say this is they're younger they'll probably be better than what you were as they, as they get to uh, emerge through this thing. As I've watched, I mean, Ashley just, I mean, Ashley just dominated these chicks uh, last. uh, I I mean, I was like, what the frick? And uh, you know, watching John and you got Clyde and you got this whole tribe itself. Now that all started just based on, on what you brought to the table. And uh, so we'll see where that history goes, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you allow, you know, I always came to you. I mean, there's other star systems, other places. I mean, I always came to you and asked, and you were always so encouraging. And then with Crafty, with his guidance in this system and this methodology, if you will, because it is, it's it, it's it's a system, it's systematic, and even though people don't see it, um, but with his guidance and with his blessing of uh, forming the Hermosa Chatsworth clan that we have, you know, these guys, yeah, they're young and they're coming up. I, I expect them to be better than me, but I'm going to make it as hard mm-hmm. as I can. That's right. Well, I make it as hard as they can every freaking week. Trust me on that. Uh, okay. And I do use my daddy complex on them. Like, you know, I, I still have a dad card. That's probably why you don't go as hard on me because you're like, hey, it's kind of like my dad. I don't want to like just kill him. Uh, and so, you know, it's this has been uh, yeah, this has been this has been fun to watch. Watch what this is, is growing into. And I and I agree and I appreciate, you know, I always get these good acclimates from you guys that but, you know, Mr. I let me experiment. I mean, let's get real. I mean, we, we know that what we were be, some of the stuff I was taught in my traditional stuff, I'd be like, this is some just some bullshit. OK, we, we this is not. And believe it or not, I didn't think anything about Krav Maga either. I just thought it was a bunch of, you know, hocus pocus and you screaming and yelling and they're more intense <laughs> and whatever. And then until I was invited and I went and I'm like, wow, my ignorance was just unbelievable right i was like wow and uh you know and then it it came to came to what it was because you guys have been around me for so long you know i'm a self-defense guy and i just didn't like a lot of the self-defense that we did as a matter of fact i used to get in trouble remember when i was coming up the ranks you know we had things we called hard and soft self to self-defense techniques and i'm like and i'm like i don't understand what soft self-defense is controlled self-defense i can understand like maybe I don't want to mm-hmm. smash your face because you grab my wrist and I have to, you know, we have to exercise, uh, you know, caution and and responsibility and respect to others that may be a little bit drunk and we're not going to put them in the hospital for that. You know what I mean? Or a soccer game or whatever else it is that that, you know, they get stupid at. But I think it's <laughs> for all purposes. Right. I, I think, you know, I still see this today. Right. Some other. I have a lot of black belts that do a lot of different things and, and 
if it's for real and I see real value in it, the other thing about, you know, the dog brothers is you got to put a little work in on, on the side because you're not Mm going to get out there when somebody's swinging chains or stick or a knife at you. And you, and it was eye opening for me, Nathan, because I remember going, this is going to tell me what really works and what does not. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. where Krav even got more solidified because of the Dog Brothers. Because I was like watching what what they did with Stick, how they did it, all that kind of stuff. And but the other side of it was being able to be offensive, right? It's just like now, mm-hmm. right? We can do gun defense, but if you never shot a gun, what's the what's the point if you yeah. have a, have a weapon and you don't know how to use it? Same with the knife, right? Though so you got these offensive knives, and you took that to the next the next level. Yeah. And, and one of those things in in the one of the Punanguru crafties things is if you see it taught, you see it fought, and that's one of the things that keeps it very realistic quite often with Dog Brother Martial Arts and with that organization because there's a lot of highly skilled fighters in, in the Dog Brothers tribe. Um, one of my closest friends in the tribe, um, Foo Dog Mark Odell. Um, he runs the training mat out in Moreno Valley. Amazing coach, but fighter. I mean, he's one of my best friends, and he cracked my humerus. <laughs> hey, listen, you're not best friends unless you can punch each other in the face, okay? You know, all my best friends, I have no problem punching them in the face, right? Yeah. Or my training partners, you know what I mean? If if we can't be on that level where yeah. something's not right, yeah, that's what that's that's kind of that those things that uh, <laughs> that that iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. is 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 a true statement for sure. So it's been it's been great watching that and I I you know we've had many talks about this. You know a lot of people don't you know my instructor Mr. I was been so open to allow me to do all this other stuff. I was very mm-hmm. careful on how I did things too and you know I really I did a lot of seminars and stuff like that, but I didn't train in anything really heavy until after a fourth degree black belt in Tonsado, right? Then I did I remember it. Remember that. Right. And then mm-hmm. I asked him, I said, Hey, I really want to do this. And he goes, Go do what you're going to do, bring it back. And l- look at my instructor today, how he has adopted my self defense, even in his school, and has me come out. You know, pre pandemic, I was out there once a month. You right. know what I mean? And uh, him allowing me to form this uh, within this school and and to see him be able to take it to that level. So because sometimes traditional martial arts, even even still today, right, we struggle so much on. Am I really wasting time with this? Mm-hmm. Hear that train in the background. This is what I love about Chatsworth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'm a train freak. I love to hear the sound yeah. of that. It, 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 it yeah. soothes me. Um, it uh, and so. I think my daughter is going to be a train freak. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, when sure. she's ready, she can come and she can ride the train with me. Uh, I'll take awesome. her. To, you know what? We ought to just make that day. Um, but, uh, you know, I saw that uh, the the benefits of this that my instructor did, and you guys brought it in. And and just for every, every purposes, right, whether it's my instructor, mm-hmm. we don't always – I've never disrespected my instructor by any means. Mm-hmm. If he says, this is what I want done, then this is what I'm going to do. But we've had many talks on, on, I've tried to get him to get rid of this terminology of soft self-defense techniques for years. I'm like, man, there is nothing soft about it, man. Yeah. You grab me, I'm grabbing you back. Okay. I mean, it's just the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so we never seen super seen eye to eye on some things. Right. But, uh, you know, and I think that's the same thing 
you know, you, people, you know, people don't how our relationship has grown to a point where you and I've had disagreements on things. I said, nah, mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. And you're like, well, I don't, you know, and you say, I, I don't agree with that. I said, so where's our happy medium? Let's do this. But, you know, you've always been the most respectful of students. Just so I mean, just so everybody knows, everybody knows that I am Mr. I's, you know, biggest ally. You know what I mean? I I. I I want his legacy to move on. And I'm telling you, I've been hit with hooks left and right on, you know, get rid of this or get rid of that. And, and I just can't do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's something that, uh, that I just can't do. And you're the same way to me. So people know, I said, you're probably one of my most loyal students as far as, as what it is to me. You may not agree with me, hundred percent of the time, but you're going to do what I, what, what I ask or, or, or go to the way that I want, want things to be done. It's, it's, so it's been an honor to watch that. And I appreciate it because I've, what some, some people may have been on the receiving end that, that disrespected me too much. I, you know, I remember you, uh, you know, <laughs> it, what's awesome is right. I was the pit bull of the, uh, of the school and, and uh, that's what you and kind of DeRocher were for me is the, is the pit bulls of, of, you know, and, and now, you know, we've got a little more, uh, we got a little, we got some chihuahuas and we got some German shepherds and we got some pit bulls. Right. So, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah. so it's, that loyalty it's, is what one of those, we talk about stuff missing today and that loyalty is it. I mean, I, you set the example and it wasn't is families and, and just, in general, but you set that example. You always encouraged us to find our own way and be our own person um but but you reined us in when you needed to uh when we needed it whether we knew it or not and so it's just the way you know uh, in my 40s now from you know it's been over 30 years seeing how things have changed and looking at how i've changed we talked about that is just i don't understand the lack of loyalty you know not trying to kiss butt here but the, all the things that you have done to change my life for the better and the, and the good things that have come into my life because of what you have passed on to me and from Mr. Chikawa down this line and from all the other teachers i don't understand the lack of loyalty nowadays i just don't it just doesn't make sense yes we disagree sometimes but in the end i'm going to say yes sir that's what you want done that's what it's done i, I mm-hmm. you know it, it, part right, of my job we- is to carry your <laughs> legacy on that's true. I, we've so everybody knows we've had these right where you probably say yes, sir, and in your mind you're like he's going to change his mind in three weeks, and uh, sure enough, I'll come back well, and go, uh, yo, I, uh, yeah, I'm not digging this, bro, and and he goes, okay, we'll change it back. I'll get back in the manual and change it. And That's why I never laughing, threw anything away, right? You're probably laughing about it, going, it doesn't even matter if I get mad about it. He's just going to change his mind anyway. Uh, right. And I think that that's, I think it's anybody that's around me. I think that loyalty is something, uh, Oh, look at Sally's on here. Sally Vandenberg is listening to us. Hi, Sally. Isn't that awesome? Man, I miss her. Um, that's a whole nother generation that used to be with us. Right. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, loyalty is, you know, that's the other thing about my black belts. I, uh, I never really. I never really had issues with them learning other things. I mean, some black belts, they do things. I think some of the stuff they learn, I'm like, it's stupid. You know what I mean? But that's not for me to say, you know, if, if that's what you like, if that's what you love and that's your passion, then go, go after your passion. And, 
but just do it in the right way. You know what I mean? It's it's just like here, you know, having a conversation. This school is a family, and uh, if you're going to leave, you got to leave the right way. You know what I mean? It's not like we don't understand that that life gets in the way and things things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I think that when 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 I watch, it's like a, it's like family, right? I can talk about you all I want, <laughs> but nobody else can. You talk about them, and we're going to have an issue. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I think that's the, that's the age old thing. And I've, I've watched it with Mr. I, I mean, uh, a lot of people don't, uh, uh, when I, as I, as he gets older and, and I'm, I listen to him speak and, and I'm like, man, I would, none of this would be here if it wasn't for him allowing me the opportunity to do this training. And, you know, I've got stories where he almost kicked me out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like I, my, my, my attitude was, I didn't do martial arts to learn how to fight. I did martial arts to be, to hurt people even more than what I thought I could do. And then it turned out to be such different and the lessons that I learned, uh, along the way. Right. I mean, could you imagine, you know, that's why, you know, you know, I have a special place for special needs. You know what I mean? And I've learned that even more from Carson, right? I learned from his, what he's done with him and watching him and going, wow, he's just taking this to another level and the joy that you have out of that. But, you know, I told you guys the story before when I was a blue belt, Mr. I would have me teach a day class and there was a special needs. I remember it and I'm like, I don't want to teach him that. And oh my goodness. Uh, I got, you know, I remember Mr. I going, maybe I don't want to teach you sometimes. And I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, right. And it's, you know, to learn that valuable lesson, I'd give anything to give those times back to be where I'm at today. And that's what I'm talking about. Cancel culture. Can you imagine me mm-hmm. telling you I don't want to be working with, uh, you know, someone with, with uh, disabilities and da, da, da. I mean, for crying out loud, you'd be canceled. I, you know what? You didn't like people back then. So you don't get to see anything until you have some life, man. And you see your own kids made fun of or your own stuff or or their friends, right, that have some disabilities. And you're like, man, what was I What was I thinking, man? What was I thinking? You know? And then you have this story, this awesome story to say, this is how I was. And this is exactly how I thought. And this is the lesson that I got. And look at, you know, and today, don't. Don't waste this time doing my mistakes. Okay. Take what I did and do this. And so, and I've seen you do the same thing. You, you know, I send people to you for, for uh, consulting. We are much more than a punch and kicking. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if we talk about much, much about punching and kicking. You know, we're a counselor. We're a doctor sometimes, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, you know, getting wounds and, and let's suck it up and, uh, and, and do all the stuff that, that there is. And it's, it's been a pleasure for sure to be alongside of you. So what I, I think that you're, you're pretty, you're, you're pretty quiet about things. So it's, uh, it was a chance for me to get you out in front of the group and, and let people know, I, I think Jay is going to have you on, uh, his podcast too, somewhere in November. And he's going to yeah. get to see you from a different side. You know what I mean? Uh, I grew up with you. I taught you and, uh, uh, I know all the intimate 
stuff that there is to, to well i don't know at all you know you and bo did hide a lot of crap from me uh uh just here just so anybody listening you want the funny story with tattoos where's that tattoo you got it on your arm or something right right there you see that, that tattoo one. right there there you go he hid that there was a time believe it or not i hated tattoos and uh I didn't like his heavy metal music either. And I, and I would destroy his CDs, cassette and, tapes, uh, cassette <laughs> tapes, whatever it was. And then, uh, I'd be like, you guys better never be getting tattoos. And he got this tattoo without me knowing it and hid it from me until I got my first tattoo. And he goes, Oh, Mr. Cox has one now. So I might as well tell him I have it. And I'm like, you hid that from me that long. Oh my gosh. And uh, so you can see I've changed my mind on tattoos. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so the, the the tattoo thing is a different. I have a different mindset for it now. So there's that. But uh, it, that's just a funny story of of how you how you've uh, watched the school evolve. So, you know, we're, we're getting up past an hour here, you know. So before I let you go, though, Nathan, why don't you tell me what you think uh, – What's the good and the bad that you see the the growth of the school and our people that you know that you and I have mentored along the mm. way? What do you think where where we started to where we are today and where do you think improvements can be made? Um well I mean in looking back, I mean and we, this is something we you and I have talked about. It's there was a time when we made it so hard. I mean it wasn't just karate, even karate. It was a time when and so the people who needed it couldn't stick with it. It was almost inaccessible sometimes how hard we made it. You know, whether it was the, you know, you failed your test if you missed a key, if you failed your test if you missed a board break, uh, you know, the knuckles on the concrete, you know, all that stuff. Or with the crop, the nine hour crop testing for a yellow bell in 103 weather with no air conditioning. <laughs> you know, we, 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 we made it we made it so hard sometimes because we we wanted it this way. But we didn't know it, it was like we didn't know how to temper it, you know, to make it accessible to the people who really needed it. You know, we got the people like yourself, like myself, who loved that contact and wanted more. And that was cool for us for fight class. But right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. But so I think one of the one of the biggest things is how it's become accessible and to, to, to give it, bring it to the people who need that confidence, who need that competence who need that support as it is, it's a family here. And, you know, seeing the people who lean on each other here, it's, you know, and how it's grown, you know, you always say it's grown past you, it's grown past yourself, past me, past, it's even growing now past Michael and, and other people to watch some of the, these younger people coming up and other families come up. And so it's become more accessible and the benefits of it. I think that's just one of the positives, how it's grown that way. Um, on the, you know, and so it's the, the negative turn has turned into that kind of positive. Uh, the other, the other thing I would look at is just with the, with the students we have, and I would tell people is we've already said it like twice now, but just let them make the mistakes with these kids, let them get out there, let them make the mistakes, let them yeah. learn, let them grow. You don't get real competence in life by always succeeding. No, yeah, that's right. That's a hundred. That's a great. That's a great lesson right there. You, you're right. We've talked about this many, many times. And yeah. my failures have uh, way outdone and, and grown me more than uh, 
than anything else that I, I've done. I think that's a that's a good thing to kind of to kind of end on there. And I think that yeah. I get to, you know, I've got the pleasure to teach you, right, and and watch you, uh, uh, and watch you grow as a as a man. And now I'm watching you grow as a dad. And of course, when you're growing as a dad and a man, you have to grow as a husband because there's a there's a there's a there's a juggling there that that has to take place, right? And so uh, I, I am uh, very fortunate with how just how loving and patient <laughs> Vanessa is. I am not an easy person to live with. I will be the first to admit that. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. <laughs> and just Vanessa is amazing to me and our family and just becoming an incredible mother. Yeah. It's been great, man. It's been watching you. You you got a great family, and uh, you know I've known Vanessa for as, as long as I have. And she, just so you know, his wife will elbow you in the face and have no qualms about it. And they will exchange knives as Christmas gifts. I mean, come on, does it get any better? All right, my girl. You know you know what cat got gets caught with going through uh, somewhere uh, her brass knuckles. Uh, so did Ashley. <laughs> right. Right. So as Ashley just happened to Ashley too or something. And Kat's like, oh man. And they took him away from her. And I'm like, yeah, that's my girl. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's great to have a, have, have a wife that's, uh, that's has your back and that that's supportive that way. And most of the successful schools, I told you that Jay and his wife do have an mm-hmm. awesome relationship. You can see that John and Gisela are kind of working towards that. And there's you and, and uh, don't, don't look to me for that advice, but um, uh, the, just watching uh, even Bo and his wife, you know, they, they, they've got this, if, if things are going to be important, I think the last thing we're going to talk about, right. You, you stuck with, you were going to open your own school. We had this real conversation, you and I, one time, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. Mr. Cox, I'm behind you 100%. You talk. He goes, I got two paths to go. Either I got to go get my master's or I got to open up the school. And uh, you made that decision to go get your master's degree instead and stick with the mm-hmm. with the thing. Are you glad you made that decision? Uh, there's always the second thoughts, you know, as I mean, I always look back, wait, did I do this? Did I do this? That's the monkey in the back of the head. But but pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I look at the things I've been able to do, the people I've been able to interact with and help as a as a professor, as a teacher. And I look at the things that I've learned through that, that I've been able to bring back to the martial arts world in my teaching and being able to help people more. Um, and, you know, a lot of that decision was made off seeing knowing the sacrifices of a running and opening school, especially seeing you do it in the early days. Um, and Vanessa and I were, were talking about other stuff in life. And I'm just like, you know what? God's put this thing in front of me. Why am I not following it? You know, as mm-hmm. far as if I finish my master's degree and continue to teach and who knows where, you know, if I, if I'll, I'm an adjunct professor in the community colleges. Um, so I'm a part-timer. I do a lot of work. I interact with a lot of students though. And a lot of old students even still come and talk to me about stuff. So teaching, you know, and what that master's degree allowed me to do was teach in more classes. And so when I start teaching in more, not just physical activity classes, I'm teaching lecture classes. I had more interaction with students and, you know, I'm getting students who are having serious trouble and I'm able to give them some guidance as far as, okay, look, if you need, you're having substance abuse problems, these are the numbers to call. This is the program to go call the school. It's free. It's confidential. There's been a lot of students I've helped with that with students who are struggling with their health, whether it's feeling overweight or type two diabetics. I've been able to give them information that has helped them turn their life around. Um, just kind of the last right before the lockdowns and pandemic, I got an email from a student who, uh, hey, I just want to let you know 
you always said the best diet is the one you can stick to. Well, I'm down 150 pounds. Oh, like, that's that's awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I get stuff like that and people think, oh, it's a part-time college professor. Yeah. But I'm up there and I'm able to influence these young minds, hopefully for the better and help them to learn to think critically. This is something I also tell them all. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm help you. I'm here to help you learn how to think critically for yourself. If someone yeah. is just straight telling you what to think, run. Yeah. It's been great. That's good, Nathan. I think, you know, you got some great insights. This is why you go. And by the way, I'm glad you spent all that time in school so uh, you can rewrite the manuals with proper English and not have me do it. So that's pretty good. And uh, watching you be able to correct other professors and their language has just been loving it. You know, just, uh, watching, watching you catch uh, Stephanie from from uh, who's a professor at CSUN with her grammar sometimes is just priceless. Because you know it just drives her crazy. She's going to uh, hammer me now the next time I send her right. something to edit. Yeah, yeah, she's going. To, that's right. So, uh, uh, I think that uh, I think that uh, we should end on that note. And for me, two, I want to tell you two quick plugs, real quick. Yeah, just, go ahead. Uh, if for you guys, you know, a lot of people seeing this and watching as this podcast has grown for you. You know, I really would encourage people if you're just watching this because of who's on it, subscribe because some of the stuff Mr. Cox putting out and with his daily discipline stuff is pretty amazing. Um, and so there's a reason it's called Real Talk. Um, second thing, you know, if you're interested in the Dog Brothers, I'd highly encourage you to go to dogbrothers.com and check it out. There's a lot of stuff there and a lot of really great people in that organization under Pudon Guru Crafty. Yeah, it's great. Now, who's the one that fought John, the last guy? He really stuck out with me. The one oh. that was that was peppering him a little bit. Uh, I think I, I think that was Michael Omega Dog. This guy, he, man, he's I awesome. really like him, and I hear he's a vice president, a vice principal of a school. I didn't know that. I know he if he's who I think you're talking about is Mike. He he's a think, BJJ black belt. Yes, um, I think that's got, him, and he stood toe to toe okay. with 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 John. You know, he yeah. connected a couple with John. He had, a, and then he fought everybody. Anybody that wants to yeah. fight, and he's got a smile oh, yeah. on his face all he's the time. Like, he's awesome guy. And here's the funny thing about Mike: he, you see him in the in in what he wears with the jersey, and the it looks like he's wearing shoulder pads, right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. That's his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> This guy, just I, and so he, you know what? I, 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 th I think I'm going to lean on you to reach out to him for me, dude, because I would love to have him on the podcast. Okay. I would love to ask him because, you know, I kick back and I see, sit and watch these guys and certain guys really catch my eye, but he really caught my eye. And I'm like, then to find out that he's a principal and I don't even know if it's an elementary or a junior high school that he's a vice know. principal. I didn't, that's I didn't what know he, that about does. him. That's what John was telling me. And yeah. I'm like, you got to be kidding awesome me. Dude. Right. And a, I'm thinking to myself. Awesome Boy, do those kids not know what they don't know, uh, <laughs> right? It's in. I, I thinking how I be, was in junior high. Oh yeah, they have no clue. <laughs> yeah, I would really like to get him, uh, get him on. I think I'll, I'll sick you on that and stuff. But uh, you know, once again, Nathan, I, I wanted all the years of support that you give me. This studio wouldn't be what it is today without your contributions to it. And and as you continue, right, you continue uh helping me develop other instructors and you've went down and helped other 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 instructors uh just so everybody knows uh we don't see eye to eye but that's between him and i just so everybody everybody <laughs> doesn't really know our relationship you know what i mean and uh when push comes to shove you've always had the school and uh and, uh, and i wanted to thank you again for taking my own son underneath your wings and 
uh, allowing Mike's, him somebody awesome. that he can uh, that he can do with, right? Well, Mike's a cool kid, right? I mean, come on. He, I mean, he, he, you know, he was a little hard on. Was I a little hard on him yesterday or what, dude? I, you were probably <laughs> going, oh man, he's just getting hammered. Again, Mike's earning it. <laughs> yeah, I was. You know, Mike had to go first on instructor training, and and you know, Mike is just. There's so much more to him. I probably had the same conversation with you when you were first learning to teach. I'm like, there's way more to you than you're letting out there, man. Yep. Don't be intimidated by adults. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, or, or you think that they're your peers or, or stuff like that. Cause he's his own man. He's fought in the cage. He can fight. He knows what he's mm-hmm. doing. He can be out there. And it's just, yep. uh, and watching even Ashley, at least Ashley didn't cry yesterday in instructor training. <laughs> so that was a plus, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was hard on my own son yesterday. As a matter of fact, I left there going, man, was I too hard on him? I was going to ask you, but you're like, you would have been like, hey, no. no. Uh, uh, <laughs> for those who don't know what we're talking about, we had our senior instructor course for Krav Maga yesterday, and Michael and Ashley and several others went through it. Just phenomenal. Right. Well, and that's what it is, right? This is level four. This is senior instructors, man. This is, I expect some of the cream of the crop to come out of this stuff. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know what I mean? And, and so, but yeah, it was fun. That was fun doing that with you yesterday. All right, bro. I'm going to let you go awesome. because we're, we are the longest one so far, an hour and 20 minutes. And we talk every day, uh, <laughs> we do this stuff every day and we can still talk for an hour and 20 minutes, but I hope everybody got a chance to, to, to know Nathan Carlin a little bit more, uh, than, uh, than what you see just on the mat. He's a good man, good father, Luckily for us, both our parents are still with us, right? I know that uh, sure. your your family uh, means a lot to you, and you're you know you know how it is. Uh, just so you know, I got to be there on your first baby. I got to hold that. Same with Walter, my drum inst- uh, my drum mm-hmm. instructor. I got to hold his baby for the first time. So, uh, you know, you've been a great guy, dude. Hope you have an awesome Thank day, you too, man. For everything. All right, we'll see you, sir. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.